Alhamdulillah, today is the 10th of April in the year 2023. And Alhamdulillah, we moved on to the 19th blessed day of the holy month of Ramadan. And I've reached verse 24 of Surah Al-Ma'idah. So inshallah today, going through up to and including verse 26. So verse 24. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. They, i.e. the Bani Israel said, O Musa, alayhi salatu wasalam, while they remain there, never shall we be able to enter to the end of time. Go you and your Lord, and your two fight whilst we sit here, I and watch. Astaghfirullah. So here, when the two of the twelve nobles who were sent to spy brought the news that we're ready, like I mentioned, they turned against us. Not only did they turn against them, they uttered a statement of kufr to Musa, because we will not be able to fight them. You go with your Lord and fight, and we will sit here. So here there's a report. So this narration is in Imam Ahmad's Musnad, and similar is recorded in Bukhari, Nasai ibn Hiban, ibn Mardawi, ibn Kathir. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he said, I saw a wonderful scene which caused me to wish that I was the one who said those words. When the Prophet had entered whilst he was cursing the unbelievers, I on the day of Badr, Al-Miqdad said to him, By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Rasulullah we will never say to you, as the Bani Israel said to Musa, and he recited, فَذَهَبَ أَنْتَ وَرَبُّكَ وَقَاتِلَا إِنَّهَا هُنَا قَاعِدُونَ Go you and your Lord and fight whilst we sit. We will never say this. But we shall fight to your right, to your left, between your hands and behind you. I then saw Rasulullah's face light up and shine with pleasure. So here this was prior to the battle of Badr, they weren't prepared to fight the unbelievers. Their intention was to intercept a caravan. But then, of course, Allah Ta'ala willed that the battle takes place. Because the majority of the companions who were 313, 270 or thereabouts were the Ansar. And they had not pledged to fight outside of Al-Madinah. So the Prophet was woody thinking, maybe they will not fight. They haven't given the pledge. And then, the companions got up one by one, the Muhajirun first. And according to this report, Mikdad said, We will never say to you what the Bani Israel said to their Prophet. You go and fight while we sit. Because we are with you, Ya Rasulullah. But another report mentions it was the Ansar chiefs who said this. <laughs> so note the difference again between the companions of the Prophet and of course the previous companions of the previous Prophets. And this also shows how acquainted they were with the Qur'an as well, as it were obvious. So now a few things to point out. So the first, so like I mentioned yesterday in verse 23, Allah mentions two upon whom we had bestowed our grace. And I mentioned 
that the majority stated that that was Yusha and Qalb However, there's a report in Madiful Quran, volume 6, page 115, when he gives references, it mentions, according to Yazid ibn Harun, Abdullah ibn Abbas interpreted the verse to the effect that the two men belong to the tyrant nation. After coming out from the city, they embraced the faith of Musa, and they realized that the Bani Israel were terrified by their nation. Therefore, they said to the Bani Israel, we are fully aware of the nature of our own nation. You are terrified of their high stature and their large number, but in reality, they have no strength of heart, nor they have courage to face you. If you proceed to the gate of the city, you will see they will surrender and you will prevail. So according to this report also in Nasai, it mentions that the two who were favored were actually two men from uh, Jerusalem. They were amongst the enemies, but they embraced Islam. And they were the ones who said, why are you scared of this pe- these people? Because you could defeat them. But the majority have stated, no, it's in reference to Yusha and Qalib. And of course, Allah Ta'ala knows best, but I wanted to mention that here. Also, Imam Qurtubi, he says in his tafsir, volume 6, page 96. So what did they say? He quotes, they were ignorant of Allah, the Almighty and Glorious. What did they say? You and your Lord go out and fight. They described him as going when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is exalted above this. This indicates they were anthropomorphists. And it is the sense that what Hassan al-Basri said. So, the vast majority of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, they do not describe Allah Ta'ala with motion. He doesn't move. Because this is a weakness for you to move from one place to another. So, Imam Qurtubi, he said that when they said the Bani Israel, you and your Lord go out and fight, they described him as going. And because Allah Ta'ala is above this. Because this shows they were anthropomorphists, because their belief was not sound as well. Also, if you look at the verse, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Fadhab anta wa rabbuk, you go with your Lord and fight. Imam Qurtubi said, it is in reference to Lord that here could mean Harun, alayhi salatu wasalam, who was older than Musa, alayhi salatu wasalam, and he would obey him. In general, they deviated by what they said because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, do not waste your grief on these deviant people. <coughs> so when they said, you go with your Lord and fight, one interpretation is, they were saying, you go with Harun and fight. Because Lord means an older brother. So this is another interpretation here which is mentioned by the scholars. So verse 26. <coughs> He, I, Musa wasalam, said, O oh my Lord, I have power only over myself and my brother. So judge us from this rebellious people. So now if you look at the Bible, in the book of Numbers 14-5, it mentions, Musa and Harun, wasalam, they fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation. They were prostrating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Again, according to the Bible, Numbers 14-12, God said, I will smite them with pestilence 
and disinherit them. But we are told here in the Quran that Musa والسلام, was careful to separate himself and his brother from the rebellion. So what's interesting, the Bible adds details that this dua was made in sujood. So when Musa fell into, into prostration, والسلام, he was making the dua in that, uh, and also Harun were making dua in that position. Secondly, Allah Ta'ala answered their dua because they now are going to be smitten with pestilence and disinheritance. But the Quran adds a detail. The Quran says, Fafruk bainana wa bainal qawmil fasikin. Separate and judges from this rebellious people, meaning don't make us included amongst them. Because if you're going to judge, don't judge us amongst them. So now what's interesting, the word is Fafruk. So Ibn Kathir in his tafsir, he comments, volume 3, page 146 of the English translation, he states, Abdullah ibn Abbas said, meaning judge between us and them. This is in Ibn Jarir ibn Kathir's tafsir, because the Quran says, Fafruk, it could mean separate, it also means judge. Ad-Dahaq, rahmatullah, said that the verse means judge and decide between us and them. This is in Ibn Jarir and Ibn Kathir's tafsir. And Ibn Kathir said, other scholars said that the ayat means separate between us and them. So if you look at the verse, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Verse 25. So if ruk, from us, from the rebellious, it means three things. It means judge between us and the rebellious. It also means judge and decide between us and the rebellious. It also means separate us. From the rebellious. So all of this is the meaning of the word here which is mentioned. Verse 26. He subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Therefore will the land be out of their reach for 40 years. In distraction will they wander through the land. But do not sorrow over these rebellious people. So what was the response of the du'a? Allah Ta'ala said, now they're for 40 years, they're never going to see that land. And he goes, don't grieve over these people. That generation was never to see the holy land. All those that were 20 years old and upwards were to die in the wilderness. In the book of Numbers 14-29 it says, your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness. Only those who were then children would reach the promised land. And so it happened. From the desert of Paran, they wandered south, north and east for 40 years. So according to the Bible, all those that were 20 years older and upwards, they all died in the wilderness. Those who were younger lived on to enter the holy land. And they were wandering all over the desert, which is mentioned also clearly here in the Quran. However, the Hadith mentions a different figure. In Ibn Abi Hatim, Ibn Jarir, Ibn Kathir states, there is evidence for all this in the Sahih. Abdullah Ibn Abbas, he recited verse 26, he then explained, they wounded in the land for 40 years, during which Musa and Harun passed away, والسلام, as well as everyone above 40 years of age. So stop in the quote. The Bible says 20 years. Ibn Abbas says everybody over the age of 40 passed away. Then he continued. When the 40 years ended, Yusha ibn Nun assumed leadership 
and later conquered Jerusalem. When Yusha was reminded that the day was Friday and the sun was about to set while they were still attacking Jerusalem, he feared that the Sabbath might begin. So what's happened? They're about to take Jerusalem, but it's just about to enter Saturday. And according to the report, they weren't allowed to fight on Saturday. Therefore, Yusha talked to the sun. I am commanded and you are commanded. Allah the Almighty thereupon made the sun stop setting. And the Muslims conquered Jerusalem and they found wealth unseen before. So a miracle happened. The sun stopped and they were allowed to take Jerusalem and then spoils. They wanted to let the fire consume the booty. But the fire would not do this. So Yusha then said, Some of you have committed theft from the spoils. Thus he summoned the 12 leaders of the 12 tribes and he took pledge from them. So what happened? They weren't allowed spoils. It was haram for them. A fire would come and consume the spoils, but the fire didn't come. So Yusha realized, somebody has committed theft. He told the 12 leaders, come forward, and they pledged to him. Miraculously, the hand of one of them became stuck to the hand of Yusha. Yusha said, you committed the theft. Bring it out. Hence, that man brought a cow's head made of gold with two eyes made of precious stones and teeth made of pearls. When Yusha added it to the spoils, the fire consumed it as they were prohibited to keep their spoils. So what happened? One of the you know, 12, unbelievable, one of the 12 elders had stolen a cow's head, gold, rubies and emeralds. And only when he brought it out, did the fire consume. So now, I should have mentioned, the 40 years that the Bani Israel spent in the desert, they should be dead. Nobody can survive 40 years in the desert. So here there's a report which explains how they survived. In Ruh al-Ma'ani, volume 6, page 383, Musa he struck a rock with his blessed staff and 12 springs of water gushed forth. So they need water. Where was the water? In the desert. They cut the rock. And when Musa struck the rock, 12 gushes came out, three from every angle. And each tribe would take their water. Number two, the clothing they used to wear during this time did not get dirty. Nor did these clothes get old and tattered. <laughs> so their clothes wouldn't get dirty. If you're in the desert, you should be washing them day and night. Allah Ta'ala kept them away. And neither did they tear. Number three, their nails and hair did not grow. Which meant they did not need to remove hair and cut nails. Why? Difficulty. So Allah stopped their hair and nails from growing. Number four. During the night, a shining pillar would appear which would serve as a light source for them. In the night, it's pitch black in the desert. Allah caused a pillar of fire or light and they would use that to find their way. Number five. During the day, a cloud would hover overhead to shelter them from the sun. Otherwise, they'd be dead. So Allah covered them from the sun even though they were in the desert. And number six, when a child was born amongst them, 
he would be miraculously covered by a shell-like nail dress which would continue to grow as the child grew. So, the nail, because they'd be completely covered, the children. It would grow as they would grow. During this imprisonment, all of these bounties were bestowed upon them because of the blessing of Musa, so again, you know, when we just say it, they spent 40 years in the desert, so obviously a person with any intellect is going to question you. That, that's, a, that's a fairy story. What do you mean there's a fairy story? Because a human being is going to die for 40 years. How is he going to survive? No water, no shelter. You know, I never thought of that. Right? There you go, never thought of it. So he's going to think as a, as a fairy story. So you respond, oh, there's actually a few things that happened that kept them alive. And this is mentioned in Ruh al-Ma'ani. Also, Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, he passed away in the 39th year. Harun alayhi salatu wasalam passed away in the 38th year. Where is his blessed body? So, it's mentioned in Fat al-Bari, volume 6, page 343. Hafiz ibn Hajar, he said, Hafiz Diya al-Maqdasi, rahmatullah alayhi, he has written, there is a grave besides a red hill in Jericho, which is believed to be the grave of Musa. This opinion is deemed most appropriate since the city of Jericho is closest to, to the valley of Tiyah. And Rasulullah made mention of the red sand dune in the hadith. So, just a few miles outside of the holy city of Al Jerusalem. You find a grave. And, Alhamdulillah, we've had the honor of going there. You see the red sand dunes to this day. Hafiz ibn Hajar Askalani, he believed that is his grave. Hafiz Diyar al-Maqdisi said it's his grave. And he goes, because it's in the valley which the Prophet mentioned called Tih and there's red sand dunes. So, what's interesting? That is not part of the desert. So, how did he get there? A Prophet is buried where he passes away. Because in the famous hadith in Bukhari, he made a dua. He goes, Oh my Lord, bury me close to the Holy Land. Take my body away from my people. So Musa was taken from the desert and he was miraculously taken to that place where he was buried. So this is the place why he's buried there. And like I mentioned about um, Harun, he's buried on Mount Uhud. How old was he? The books of history as well as the Torah mention that Musa wasalam, passed away at the age of 120. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. So he lived a long and blessed life. Also, just to add details with regards to the incident of the sun. So there's a report. So this narration is recorded in Sayyid Bukhari, number 3124, Sayyid Muslim, number 1547, Ahmad in his Musnad 2, that's 317, Mishqat, number 4033. Abu Hurairah, he relates that the Prophet وسلم, said, A prophet amongst the prophets, Ghazan Nabiyyum min al Anbiya, he didn't mention his name, but it's Yusha, he set out to engage in jihad. The Prophet stipulated no man should accompany him who had number one, who had married a woman with whom he wished to have relations but had not had relations. 
He goes, he must not follow me. Number two, the man who's built a dwelling but had not put the roof on it, he must not follow me. And number three, who was bought a sheep or pregnant she-camel and they were about to deliver. So stop with the report. So why would Yusha, alayhi salatu wasalam, make these conditions? Because he wanted absolute purity. He didn't want anybody to go on jihad with him to the Holy Land with a polluted intention. Now think about that. People talk about jihad. They don't talk about the sincerity. I'm going to go and I'm going to sort the jala. All right, mashallah. Right? Sort yourself out, brother. Right? You need to be pure. So here, look at the purity. Then the hadith continues. They set out for battle. He came near the town at the hour of Asr. So what's interesting? It's Friday. It's the blessed day of Friday. It's Asr. It's the time where du'as get answered. Then the Prophet said, You shall look at the sun. And he talked to it. And he said, You are under the command. And I am under the command. And, and he prayed, Oh Allah, stop it in its track. Thus it stopped in its track. <laughs> so think about this. You know, this is miracles. You know, so obviously all miracles are amazing. But the sun, we know the sun, we know that it has an orbit, we know the magnitude of it. A man on the earth stopped it. Imagine, it's not moving, time's not moving. The sun stopped its orbit for Yusha Then, what did the Prophet say? It was detained until Allah gave him victory. So Jerusalem fell, when? On a Friday. No matter how long the battle was, so let's say the battle continued, the siege continued for three days. It's still Asr. The sun's not moving. The Prophet then said, he collected the spoils and it came, meaning the fire to devour the spoils. But the fire stopped. He said, there has been dishonesty about the spoils amongst you. Each man from the tribe must pledge allegiance to me. One man's hand stuck in his hand. He goes, there is dishonesty about the spoils amongst you. They brought to him the head of a gold like ox head. He put it into the spoils and the fire came and the, burned the spoils. The spoils were not lawful to anyone before this. Then Allah the Almighty made the spoils lawful to us. He saw our weakness and helplessness. He allowed us the spoils. So the Prophet said, we were weak. Allah in His kindness said, I've allowed the spoils for you. So how, what would happen with the spoils? A miraculous fire would come and that was a sign that the jihad was accepted. If the fire did not come, they were in deep trouble. One man had stolen something. Imagine during that. So this is again the Bani Israel. What are they doing? Right? But Allah was you know, showing to them, showing to one and all the reality of these people. So all of this is in Bukhari and Muslim. Now just to add this. In Imam Ahmad's Musnad ibn Asakir and his graded Sahih in Sahih al-Jami number 5162 as Sahihah number 2226. Abu Huraira radiallahu said, Never, never was the sun stopped for a human being except Yusha ibn Nun during one of the evenings 
when he attacked Jerusalem. So this is very important. The Prophet's now given the name. So what's his name? It was Yusha. He's mentioned which per, which city was being attacked. Jerusalem. So there's no doubt it was this incident. Yusha, and it was Jerusalem. And the Prophet said it never happened before. So never in human history had anybody stopped the sun. It happened to for Yusha on the blessed day of Friday. And also, another important point, Imam Qurtubi Rahmatullahi, he says, so he's referring to verse 26, the land will be forbidden to them for 40 years during which they will wander aimlessly about the earth. Imam Qurtubi said, Allah the Almighty answered the dua of Musa, and punished them in the wilderness for 40 years. The linguistic root of wilderness, tih, is confusion. And the verb, taha, taken from the root means to be confused and lost. A land which is taha, is one in which there is no guidance. So the land is tih or taha. Look how beautiful. They were in the desert of tih. But tih means confused, lost, lack of guidance. So how appropriate that they were there. <laughs> Why? Because they didn't listen to Musa So the desert, Allah was, look what I called it. Then Imam Qurtubi said, they used to travel a few miles, four miles, it is said, about six or in 24 hours. They would then be back where they started. They were constantly traveling without respite. Then look what Imam Qurtubi said. There is disagreement about whether Musa and Harun were traveling with them. That's interesting. So when they were wondering like headless chickens, that was the punishment. So was Musa and Harun with them? The scholars differ. It is said that they were not because the wilderness was a punishment and the years in the wilderness were equal to the number of days they worshipped the calf. One year for one day. How many days did they worship the calf? 40. So Allah goes 40 years, you're going to be suffering. Musa wasalam, had made the dua in verse 25. Make a separate between us and the Farsiqs. It is said that they were with them and Allah made it easy for them as he made the fire cool and peace for Ibrahim. So simply put, absolute perfection is taking place here. Allah is judged and his judgment is perfect. Perfect place for judgment. 40 years they were wandering like headless chickens. Was Musa and Harun with them? Scholars differ. Why would they be with them? It's a punishment. Or if they were with them, it was made easy for them. Like Ibrahim was in the fire. So they weren't getting punished. Allah was helping them. To both the tragedy of tragedies, even though it may not have been a punishment, they were suffering because of their people for 38 years. So this was the Bani Israel. And again, note the tragedy. And also, another thing to add to finish. This prison that they had, let me give you some dimensions. So, this is in the work Lanterns of Guidance by Sheikh Mawlana Muhammad Abdul Rahman Mazhari, volume 1, page 547. He quotes, Muqatil Rahmatullah stated, 
the area between Egypt and Beit al-Maqdis where Bani Israel remained trapped for those 40 years measured only 90 miles in length, 27 miles in width. So that's where they were you know, going around in circles. Another narration states it measured only 30 miles by 18 miles. It was in this small area that 600,000 people remained prisoners without the need for iron bars or prison wardens. Mufassirin have stated, Allah Ta'ala punishes people in a manner to their sin. Therefore, when the Bani Israel said to Musa, والسلام, you go and fight with your Lord, we shall remain sitting here, in verse 24. As a punishment for this, Allah Ta'ala punished them by causing them to do exactly that. And they remain sitting there for the next 40 years. Similar is recorded by in Malifal Quran, volume 3, page 120. So look how beautiful. The whole incident is showing to you the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His judgment, why he punished them such. And also, it was because of their own stupidity. He's we're going to sit here. So Allah Ta'ala goes, keep sitting here for 40 years. And at the end, look how touching Allah Ta'ala says to his beloved messenger, فَلَا تَأْسَ عَلَى الْقَوْمِ الْفَاسِكِينَ do not grieve over the Fasics, meaning you're with them, but don't grieve. It is because of them that, you know, they are being suffered, but it's not you. <laughs> so on the side of us, we will conclude. Wadhubillahi minash shaitanir rajeem, bismillahirrahmanirrahim. قالوا يا موسى إنا لن ندخلها أبدا ما داموا فيها فاذهب أنت وربك فاذهب أنت وربك فقاتل إنا هاهنا قاعدون قال رب إني لا أملك إلا نفسي وأخي فافرق بيننا وبين القوم الفاسقين قال فإنها محرمة عليهم أربعين سنة يتيهون في الأرض فلا تأس على القوم الفاسقين. We pray to Almighty Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that He makes the Quran the review of our hearts and I pray to Almighty Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that He gives for any errors which are made in the verse. The one that we have these ones that Allahumma be hamdika ashtulai dafi illa astafirika dubnika dubnai mushtamizin subhanahu wa taala bi kalamihi wa sifu. وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والأصل إن الإنسان لفي خصم الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات والواسب الحق والواسب الصبر صدق الله